0: Hi, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to come before you on all our various mediums of expression. And we're doing a remote. And unfortunately, we got F-35s flying overhead. I mean, I'm talking 20, 30, 40, 50. You can hear one approaching right now there's no way to X out that background noise. And I don't know that I want to, we are really close to war with China. We're not going to talk about that in this particular segment, but, uh, we have covered that, uh, in, up, uh, you know, previous segments in the last few days. And I got to tell you folks, <laughs> the planes are going nuts up here. Um, you can hear that. But anyway, we have Jim Arroyo on for us. And, and let me say something about Jim. He has originally, I went up uh, and met Jim and they invited me to speak at their group. And I've been up a few times to do that. Uh, And they are in Chino Valley uh, in Yavapai County, which is near Prescott on a map, about an hour and a half north of uh, Metropolitan Phoenix. And uh, they have a great group, and our purpose here today is to talk about how they've taken what they're doing conceptually, and they're taking it nationally nationally. And this is really, if we're looking for how we stand up against this criminal administration and how they're usurping our rights and and how they're turning us into the next third world poop hole, this is the way to do it. Grassroots organization. And that's what this group is. And we want to walk you through as an audience what Jim is doing, how they're organized, how they're going into different communities. And then you're going to want to do the same thing in your community. And I know Jim is willing to assist with anyone that wants to do that. Hey, my friend, it's good to have you on the air. Really appreciate you being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having us again, Dave. Always enjoy it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But we're going to have to contend with our F-35 friends. But you know what? Fly often, fly low, fly loaded with bombs. Protect us, please. But anyway, we may get that occasional bump in noise. But yeah, I remember coming up and I was so impressed with your group. There was probably about 120, maybe 140 people there the first time I came up. But what impressed me, Jim, is uh, the questions they asked. When we did the Q&A at the end of my talk, the questions were like, right. wow, these people really understand what's going on. Most people, I tell them what I know, and they just look at me glassy-eyed. Your your community is really on target.
1: Yeah, we have a, an awesome bunch of people up here. Um, we've had meetings in the 4 to 450 range. And you know what the gymnasium looks like over there. It's a pretty good-sized room. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had standing room only, and we've done that a couple of times. But, uh, yeah, our last meeting, you know, just under 200 people. Um, We're averaging right in there right now. Um, And I do think that, you know, part of the problem that happened with uh, January the 6th, you know, probably scared some people off. That's typical. You know, we're under a tremendous psyop right now. But my people up here are very well educated, very knowledgeable. And we took a poll at the last meeting, and I just asked how many here – have been with this group at least five years and it was almost half the room so they're very dedicated they're very knowledgeable they're very willing to work with their community and uh... we're just totally thrilled and motivated to help train everybody we possibly can
0: well the training is is the remarkable thing that strikes me when i come to speak to your group which i've done a number of times i walk into this gym and I see people divided up into it looks like committees and groups, and they're all working on different things. Like you'll see one group working on communications, another group working on something else. So let's talk about the breadth and the scope of your grassroots organization. By the way, what is the official name of your organization now?
1: Okay, we're still the Oath Keepers of Yavapai County, but the corporate name and the new entity is Yavapai County Preparedness Team. And we have a website, and it's simply YCPT, uh, for YavapaiCountyPreparednessTeam.org. And it is an awesome website. we got a new webmaster, and he has done a great job for us. So we're still uh, Yavapai County Preparedness Team, and then we created uh, USCPT, which is United States County Preparedness Teams, plural. And basically, we're just going to replicate what we've done here in Yavapai County and help teach other groups in other states to help form up their county preparedness teams and be ready for any and all natural and man-made disasters.
0: Can we define those disasters a little more detail? I get hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes and so forth. What about the man-made? Sure. What, what are you talking about with the man-made disasters?
1: Okay, that's our number one scenario we started out with was an economic collapse of the united states and we know that our economy is cyclical we've had a number of stock market crashes um obviously 08 was a bad one we had a large housing burst uh, on the bubble um so yeah there's a lot of problems with economics um, obviously we're headed for a serious economic downturn that's our main scenario and then we war gamed out Um, what we call the EMP attack on the power grid, which will obviously create an economic downturn, like Mm -hmm. instantly. And that's a very likely scenario because a number of our enemies have the capability of doing that to us, including minor countries like Iran and North Korea could probably pull that off without any problem. So an EMP attack on the power grid, or even a cyber attack, which is also likely, and we've seen a number of cyber attacks, that have already crippled us in a number of ways. We saw fuel pipeline with fuel shortages on the East Coast. We saw uh, cyber attack on the number one meat producing company in the world. I mean, it's a huge operation. So cyber attacks are nothing to, to sneeze at. They're serious business. Uh, then we get into our third scenario, <clears throat> which is World War Three, And we started prepping that. That was one even national didn't want to touch way back when, when we first started doing it, so we war-gamed it ourselves and started training our people to be ready for a global war. And then the fourth scenario, which is my favorite, and that's the one that gets me in all the trouble, is civil unrest and civil war. And we are prepping our group and our community for a potential second civil war in the United States.
0: Yeah, I'd like to talk about some of these issues, and then of course before we close, and ladies and gentlemen, you want to stay tuned, because we're going to disclose how Jim does what he does with his group, and how he wants to bring it to your group, and what you need to be doing to emulate this. And and I want to oh here we go. Hi guys. (laughs) I mean they're not a hundred
1: feet. Freedom.
0: Yeah, there you go. Hey, listen. I'm telling you, my friend, we have um, a multinational naval force off the coast of India and China that are supporting 250,000 Indian troops on the Chinese border. That's why Japan came out, by the way, and said to China last week, if you attack Taiwan, we're taking you on, and South Korea has joined that alliance as has Australia. So uh, things are really dicey, and and since that's happened, these planes are flying everywhere and anywhere, and we just kind of have to tolerate this on the broadcast, but my gosh, I'm, I'm so so glad to see this. I'm surprised uh, Biden hasn't grounded the planes and put them all on a straight line like Hickam Field did when, before the attack of Pearl Harbor. But anyway, what we're exactly. saying here, ladies and gentlemen, is this. We have issues that I'm going to go through with, with Jim here and uh, I want to talk about some of the issues. But before we go, we're going to tell you how you could be doing what they're doing in your community. Because if we're going to take America back. We're not, you know, Mike Mike Lindell, I love him. I love him, love him, love him. Patriot exposes all the crap that's gone on, but I believe Mike's incorrect in that uh, Trump is not coming back to office on August 13th. It's going to fall to us, and this is a long-term guerrilla warfare battle. I don't know if you like those terms or not, but that's kind of how I see this. So let's start with the economy. What makes you think that the economy is going to go belly up quickly, and what plans do you have for your group to deal with it?
1: Well, it's It's pretty obvious. Uh, Number one, the dollar is tanking right now. Uh, We're seeing the Russians dumping the dollar. Um, We're headed into an inflationary period, which is really it's already begun. Uh, Cost of goods and services are going up. Uh, You see the price of lumber uh, tripling. Literally, my son's in construction as as a general contractor, so I hear all of the war stories about how much it costs to build a house now. You're seeing at the grocery store prices are going up. And in some cases, you're seeing prices stabilize, yet the size, the quantities of what you're buying are shrinking. So it doesn't take an economics major to say, hey, if I'm paying the same price, yet you're giving me less than I bought last week, um, that price just went up. (laughs) That's what they're doing. It's a psychological thing. So, yeah, definitely we're headed for an inflationary period, but this economy is in uh, serious trouble. The Biden administration. Is literally and figuratively spending us into oblivion, which is part of the plan of the Communist Party to take over the United States
0: I agree, collapse the economy, and out of chaos comes order. of yeah, course, I totally agree with that all right let let's let's go well let's before we leave the economy, what are you telling your people from the preparedness standpoint what they need to do to buffer against these economic calamities that are coming our way?
1: The, the same thing we've always told them, stock up on food, water, weapons, ammunition, medical supplies, work on your shelter, and communication. You know, by, right now, you know, food is still readily available. That could change at a moment's notice with a supply chain breakdown, which we're already starting to see in some areas. Uh, we got word that the trucking industry was going to have trouble making deliveries because they can't get truck drivers. So there's going to be the beginning of a supply chain breakdown right there. Even if they have supplies, they're not going to be able to get them to market. So we're telling people, you know, stock up now while it's available. Buy food. That is the number one thing. I've been telling people don't go out and start buying AR-15s and tons of ammo. Buy food. You're going to need that. That's the most important thing. And make sure you have a good rainwater collection system, a good well, or some way to gather water because without water it doesn't matter how much food you've got stashed away that's true you better have a really good
0: water supply that's true you are right on the money with this um, we're kind of like kindred spirits in what we're telling uh, people who are listening to us i want to step aside just for a second because it's timely um, we're about a minute early on the break and that's okay because i control the brakes um ladies and gentlemen when jim talks about storable food that's what i specialize in and i've been telling people and i agree with jim i think the truck driver's issue is going to bite us in the butt before anything else but if that doesn't bite us in the butt right around the corner is hyper food inflation if not hyper inflation altogether and once that happens your ability to get preps of any types whether it's gold guns ammo whatever it is um it's over Your your window to buy food is very limited right now. Truck drivers, as Jim said, and then what I'm saying is the hyperinflation that's certainly coming. So how do you do it? Well, I do it right now, and I get as much as I could. Uh, They have a 25% off sale at MPS. You get 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day, and it tastes good. I've tasted it. I mean, I could sit down. If you told me I was in a restaurant eating it, I would believe that. And I'm not going to say it's gourmet, But it's palatable and it's going to take you through a long term with lots of diversity of food so you don't habituate to the same food and refuse to eat. So go to preparewithdave.com. And going back to Jim of the Yavapai County Preparedness Team who set up uh, the U.S. CPT to do national what he's doing. Jim, let's go to um, the World War III scenario. Um, How do you see this and, again, what are you teaching uh, the people in your group?
1: Okay. <clears throat> world War Three is underway. A lot of people don't want to admit that or understand it. Um, I'm a historian. I study past conflicts, military history, and I look at what has happened to create the first two world wars. And we're following right along as we speak. Obviously, uh, China is not our friend. Russia is not our friend. I have less concern about the Russians than I do the Chinese. And the Chinese have one humongous military buildup going on right now globally, and they're all around us. For the United States, it's just like in the movie Red Dawn where, you know, Powers Booth said, you know, or they asked, why, why aren't the Europeans helping us? And he said, well, twice in one century, I guess they decided to sit this one out. So I, what I tell people is we're going to host the next party. It's going to go global, but it's going to be in the United States this time. We're not going to get over. Yeah, the
0: absolutely. Chinese
1: are in the Canadian. You know, they're on the border. They're in Canada
0: uh, And viruses it is the best there is in the business and you can read all the research on this simply by going to waterwithdave.com that's waterwithdave.com save $80 for a short time
1: trudeau admitted that they were giving them uh, areas to train in and places to train their officers so they're going to have a permanent military status there uh, definitely they're down in the mexico So the World War III is already underway based on what we're seeing in the South China Sea, what's going on in Europe. Um, Yeah, the whole thing is coming apart at the seams.
0: I couldn't agree with everything you just said is accurate. I'm sure being in Arizona like I am, you're aware of the massive land that's going to be used for an airstrip that was purchased by the CCP. uh, And it was a Chinese general that purchased this right inside Arizona, which would mean a forward base of operations for air support. I mean, can you believe this government is allowing this to happen?
1: Yeah. And there was also the one in Texas. Texas gave them, I think, 200 square miles and uh, they, they're building a huge, massive airstrip next to a military base. Well, if you think about it, strategically speaking, during World War II, when we had the...
0: So you're looking to thank someone special for helping you get through the year. Noble Gold has the perfect gift. It's a four-coin set of rare, solid 24-karat gold, Augustus St. gaudens Lady Liberties. These impressive coins are bullion-grade proofs authenticated by the U.S. Mint. They're changing the current American Eagle design. They're not making any more. Only 20 left. Buy two sets, it'll cost you less than $10,000, and you'll be gifted a free Apollo 11 coin. Discover more by calling Noble Gold at 877-646-5347.
1: Get into Europe. We had to invade Normandy and get a foothold, and then eventually get You know, everybody on, on the beach and get them up the cliffs and get in there to be able to help support Europe. Well, look at it this way, Dave. If you wanted to take down the United States, Number one, you need a port, or you need multiple ports. Well, the Chinese run the ports of Los Angeles, Long Beach, all up and down the coast, San Diego. China has control of the ports. They're also working on setting up in uh, the Gulf of Mexico. So it's really easy. Now they also own the trucking companies. They own Costco, not Costco, but it's China Ocean Ocean Shipping Company. And they have the trucking hubs. They have Atalanto. So if they want to do a massive invasion now, they are already logistically staged and ready to go for a massive invasion. And they don't have to do a Red Dawn scenario. You're not going to see paratroopers falling out of the sky. They're already here on the ground. The Chinese military, what they call the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, controls all those ports. Every bit of that stuff is controlled by the PLA. And they tried to make it sound like, oh, it was some wealthy Chinese businessman bought that. That was BS, as you said. It was a Chinese general. So they are staging us right now for a full-scale invasion. And once they have all their ducks in a row, they'll pull the plug on the economy. But my, my theory is what they're going to do, which would make more sense, is go ahead and deploy an EMP weapon to weaken us. And then once we're weakened to the point where we may not be able to fight at all, that's when they'll hit us.
0: Yeah, and there's also, Marjorie Taylor Green talked about this, and I covered this three years ago when John Moore, the ex-Green Beret decorated war hero from Vietnam, leaked a speech that We Fang, the defense minister, gave to the CCP Central Committee. And he basically said, race-specific bioweapons we've developed in conjunction with Israel. We're going to use them on America. We want genocide. In other words, poor Americans, but tough luck. We need their resources and their land for colonization, but we won't kill the 14 million Chinese that are in the borders that's in writing and i've i've written about this 17 different times in three and a half years they're coming i I don't know that they're going to do an emp but i do think they'll do a grid down i think it'll be a cyber takedown of the grid because they want the resources i I don't think they want to start over with infrastructure rebuild and but that's a minor point here the fact is they're coming now what do you tell your people in terms of preparation
1: To be honest with you, all of the scenarios we train for—economic collapse, EMP strike on the power grid, cyber attack on the power grid, World War III, civil unrest, civil war—everything we do is exactly the same. It's all the same training. Learn your communications. Learn your medical skills. Learn your alternative medicine, um, your preparedness, uh, your engineering. Can you rebuild? Can you fix infrastructure if you need to? Um, and then most definitely security is, I mean, top of the line, we, we got to have good, honest security people that uh, are not corrupted by, you know, governments and law enforcement that's out there that's corrupt. So we have our own security element. and We train people on how to prepare their neighborhoods. So it doesn't matter what the scenario is. The only minor issue we had was during the pandemic, which was a, a fraud and a phony. We know that. But we were not. We were prepared for it, but we learned a lot so that we could be better prepared for the second go-round. So we had a lot better equipment that we brought in and a lot more training on how to deal with a pandemic. But virtually everything we do, there isn't a scenario you can come up with where our system of preparedness isn't adaptable to everything that's out there.
0: Let me add one monkey wrench into that, and I don't know if it'll be a monkey wrench. But the Chinese tanks? Yes, I'm here. Okay, sorry, we had a little cutout there. Interesting. Um, Yeah. The the Chinese tanks are coming down I-17 in this scenario, and they make a west turn to come into the Prescott County, or excuse me, Yavapai County area. Um, What are you telling your people about approaching hostile military forces? What What should they be doing? Well, that gets
1: into. Yeah, that gets into a whole nother scenario. Uh, basically, we don't attempt to stop heavy armor. No, we don't have can't. that logistical capability. Yes, you know, there's always been discussion, hypothetically speaking, I hear is it. where, you know, bridges could be taken out or roads blocked. But I I, I can tell you this flat out. The Chinese engineers that will, that will, you know, go along with their infantry or their airborne infantry... Are pretty good. So there's not much we could do that they couldn't repair and get around in in pretty short order. So the idea is to back away, let them occupy, and then you wreak havoc while they're in there. It would be the same scenario um, as Iraq did to us when we went into Baghdad, The, the Iraqi military vaporized. They weren't anywhere around, they just let us waltz right in. And then they took their time and just wreaked havoc on us with IEDs, roadside bombs, um, all kinds of sniper attacks. It was just all different ways of guerrilla warfare and unconventional warfare that played out, and we had a hard time. So they will have the same issue. But I can assure you that the Chinese military don't believe in Geneva Conventions. They don't play by rules, and it's going to be brutal. But to to face them head-on, that's not a good tactic. You've got to let them come in, absorb it in, and then fight.
0: And I understand what you're saying about take the punch and then wait for the opportunity to counterpunch, but I'm not so sure that taking the punch isn't going to be all-out genocide. What do you think?
1: Well, that's extremely difficult to do for any military force. Um, You know, short of a bioweapon, a serious bioweapon, like they may deploy Ebola or something like that, or something else more critical like nerve agent, um, it would be very difficult to decimate an entire population. Um, what the Chinese want to do, as you said, they want the infrastructure. They're not going to nuke us. They want the farmland because they need to be able to feed their country. That's what they're after.
0: Exactly, they not need our resources. The, uh,
1: yep. Yeah, all the resources and and the, and the uh, you know the special metals that they're going after, the rare earths, all that sort of thing. That's what they want. So they're not going to completely obliterate the place. And if they can't use a cyber attack, which the beauty of a cyber attack, if you shut down a power station via computer, you can turn it right back on. If you hit it with an EMP weapon, you do permanent damage. However, I think the Chinese have the capability of bringing in spare parts, which would be transformers, and rebuilding the infrastructure much quicker than we can. They are much more resourceful than we are. And in fact, a lot of those transformers are already made in China, So it wouldn't be anything for them to bring in ships and and rebuild infrastructure in certain areas where they need to occupy and work. They would do it in short order, whereas we wouldn't be able to do it. It would be literally one and a half to two years to get in enough uh, equipment to replace one of those massive uh, transformers. So, yeah, Yeah, I think they could do it.
0: um. I've seen the two-year figure that you're talking about, too. Some of that comes out of the Naval yeah. War College, and unfortunately, they make a projection. Two years after an EMP, 90% of us will be dead. That's their that's their projection. And that was born out in that book written called One Second After. Uh, I, I want to go yeah. to... Humor me just for a second, Jim, and, and I agree with you.
1: Sure.
0: Mass extermination could really be, it's an issue. I hear you. And you're going to stiffen resistance. Like in the Battle of the Bulge, when when the word got out that the Germans executed 100 prisoners at Malmedy along the front, we're not surrendering, and it just made Americans fight that much harder and tougher. And it really pissed off the German high command that that happened, because that was the result. Exactly. And I think if the Chinese pulled that, let's say they came to your county and started just executing people randomly in large numbers, that would stiffen resistance. But let's just assume, humor me for a second the argument, they do it. Is there any contingency plan that you guys have talked about, run for the hills, how to hide, how to survive if they're really going for the kill and not going to allow co-occupancy?
1: Well, (laughs) what I'm going to tell you is, yes, there are plans. No, we won't be discussing them on the air for security reasons. That's an OPSEC violation. So, yeah, we do train and prep our people um, and we've we've had this scenario come up, you know, do we bug out, do we bug in? Um, bugging out is not really an option, that's, that's dangerous unless you're really highly skilled and have a huge team and a place to go. The idea is to stay and occupy your own territory and protect your your neighborhoods, your family, your friends, your communities, and be ready to resist if it comes down to that. Now, all of our training is geared around getting out of the way we're not too concerned right now about trying to field troops to get out there and fight against the bad guys this and that what we feel our best uh asset will be to the government is to our own troops and to provide support to them and have a place where they can rest we can feed them you know work on their uniforms things of this nature where we become a support element let the military do what they're doing but they're going to be so overwhelmed that logistics is gonna be the key to success. So we're telling people stockpile extra ammo, extra magazines that we can hand to our guys that are going to need them. Whereas, you know, you got an elderly couple in their seventies and eighties, they can't fight, but they can surely stock up on supplies that we're gonna to need to get to the you know, the freedom fighters and to our current military and law enforcement. So that's our basic contingency plan is to become a massive massive support element to our guys that are going to be doing the heavy lifting.
0: It reminds me the way you described it sounds a lot a lot like the French underground in World War II.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's old school technology and techniques, but it works and it's always worked. And and we found out the hard way in Vietnam how well it works with the Viet Cong. You know, they decimated us. We had a lot of problems in there. These guys didn't have any sophisticated capabilities. But when the NBA came in, the North Vietnamese Army, the guerrillas were able to help support them and back them up and, you know, help with medical and, and feeding and all kinds of things. You know, there's a lot of logistics to fighting a war or any kind of a conflict. So that's what we're working on is not just taking care of ourselves and our families and our community, but also, in the event we need to help support uh, an all-out effort, then it's going to be all hands on deck, and we go from there. So there's a lot of options for us, but we're training and prepping for all of these con- contingencies.
0: Let Let's speak to the uh, the last one here on this list, uh, the civil unrest. I, I find that to be really disturbing because it looks like we're on the verge of that now, with the divide and conquer white privilege critical race theory stuff is just sending things to a boiling point i've watched over 70 videos of school board meetings and the left has overplayed their hand because now the soccer moms that voted for biden are now pissed off at biden and the left and they see critical race theory as a threat and now it's opened them up to learn about other things that are subjugating america they've really made a mistake because they've they've turned the soccer moms into allies of ours. But let's talk about civil unrest, Um, the degree, the degree that you guys have talked about it happening, and then, of course, what people need to be doing.
1: Okay. I'll tell you exactly what we did at our last meeting, and it's already posted online. You can watch our meeting. But um, we use two manuals. Uh, The first manual we use is called A Failure of Civility, uh, that was uh, written by Jack Lawson and Mike Garand. And then the second manual we use is called the Civil Defense Manual, and that is the updated version of what we call AFOC, a failure of civility. Um, and it's a two-volume set. That one was written by Jack Lawson with a lot of other contributing authors. And it was based on a complete breakdown of society where civil unrest could evolve also into civil war. And what I gave as an assignment to my entire group, and I've already had people contact me and say they've done it, and they were stunned at what they've seen, is I told them, go on to YouTube and plug in South Africa and just sit back and
0: Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges.
1: Watch. And if you're familiar with the manuals I'm referring to, you will get to see those manuals play out in real time. Every scenario in that manual you get to see on YouTube. Now, here is the training opportunity. I want everybody listening to this broadcast to do the same thing. And I, believe it or not, I had people at my meeting didn't even know what was going on in South Africa. Yeah. So I told them, you go on to YouTube, and I want you to watch at least 10 videos from South Africa. That's a minimum, preferably more. And you will get to see what we're going to be looking at, what we've already had happen here, but only on a much larger scale, but watch the speed and the precision, the way they looted systematically, that was not just a random thing. They were prepared to do this. And they trashed that place. But they didn't just loot a few stores like, you know, BLM and Antifa did in, in Minneapolis or in Portland, Oregon or Seattle, Washington. They systematically went block by block and destroyed everything, every business. Then they went to the main distribution centers and they looted those and then burnt them. And then they burned all the trucks, so that even if they do get resupply, the warehouse is burnt to the ground, the trucks are burnt to the ground. Then they went out and started burning the fields and the crops. And then they went to the ports and started destroying the ports so that nothing else could be brought in. And then they were going after the oil refinery. So they are systematically destroying everything. In our civil unrest scenario, it is a full communist takedown and these people being anti capitalist they want to destroy every single business. So we train people to be ready and to be able to identify agent provocateurs and those that are agitating people, which is exactly what you're seeing there. You're seeing the EFF, the uh, economic freedom fighters, uh, rile people up to go after the ANC. And it's, a, it's basically a coup that's going on right now. But that coup is one communist group wanting to take down the other. So the African National Congress may well be on their way out the door.
0: Wow. It's it's so well developed right now. Um, How do you view, uh, well, Antifa, BLM, in the streets? This administration's done nothing about it. In fact, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I mean, I know people in DHS, they catch uh, these guys rioting. They'll have uh, incendiary devices in their backpack, which is a felony. They've attacked federal law enforcement officials, and they arrest them, turn them over to the DOJ, and the DOJ drops all the charges.
1: Right. So let me tell you exactly what is going on there. Antifa, specifically, are the foot soldiers of the Democrat Party. They're a communist element. And let's just call a spade a spade. The Democrat Party is a communist party in the United States flat out. They're funding it. They're agitating these people. They're training them. They're protecting them. They're turning them loose instead of prosecuting them. So Antifa is a major threat. BLM is also a communist organization, and they work together. Where you see one, you see the other. So what BLM brings to the table is the racial component. And what we're going to see is not just civil unrest, but civil unrest based on racial issues. In other words, We are headed for a race war in addition to a civil war, in addition to piling on the final outcome of World War III where we're going to be facing full invasion. So these guys are definitely out there as the foot soldiers for the Democrat Party and for the Communist Party and for the Chinese because the Chinese are the ones that are sponsoring Antifa and BLM.
0: I'm glad to hear you say that. I meet a lot of resistance when I say that, but that is absolutely true. There were three times last year in 2020 when Antifa areas were busted for receiving Chinese weaponry. And once it was reported in the media, twice I found out about it on my own. But once in the media, and yet today, oh, that's not true. That's that's a lie. That's that's conspiracy theory. But that's true. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, Jim, something else that's come out. I'm going to make this major revelation, and Sheriff Mack quietly confirmed this to me today in our private conversation. Um, the sheriff of Cochise County, his son, uh, had to defend himself against a senior cartel member, uh, the Sinaloas. He killed him, and now that, that part of the family is in witness protection. And there's been three attempts on the Cochise County sheriff. And I've had I have this information from at least a half a dozen sources. They uh, and I interviewed someone from um, DHS the other night on the TV show, and he said, "Well, uh, the cartels uh, are political hit groups for the Chinese. They're crossing the border in force, and they're already carrying out political assassinations." So, uh, yep, are, how much of that are you aware of?
1: Uh, well. <laughs> Sheriff Daniels was at our last uh, Yavapai Patriots meeting, and he briefed us on exactly what was going on there. So I didn't get it second or third source. Mm -hmm. I got it direct from Sheriff Daniels. He told us precisely what happened. Um, They got his son out of there. He's got three sons. The eldest one was the deputy in Cochise County that got involved in the shooting, and then he's got two others. Uh, One's in the military, and then the other one, um, I believe, is just in private life. But, uh, yeah, they got him out of there pretty quick, and they put a contract out on the deputy and his family, and then they put a contract out on the sheriff. Um, We got a few details. I won't go into those on the attempts on the sheriff's life already. It's probably just a matter of time before the cartels are successful, but that's what they do. And what I train my people in is if the drug cartels are willing to come into our own country and assassinate police officers and a county sheriff, what do you think they'll do to you? So you need to be prepared to defend yourself. You need to have firearms. You need to have training. You need to know what you're doing. But most importantly, you need to have the right mindset to understand that a time period is coming in our country where we will need to defend ourselves. And that is not a pretty picture. You know, it's, it's tough to train civilians. I came from a military background. I'm former 75th ranger regiment so for me it's not a big deal i understand what i need to do but to teach the civilian population to do that that's not easy so we have to train them in the as best we can but let them know this is not a joke this is coming down and as we've talked in the past and you know we know what's going on here in chino valley chino valley arizona is the drug growing capital of the united states there are more marijuana growing farms in this community than anywhere else in the country. And quite a few of them are owned by the Sinaloa drug cartel. So this is in our own backyard. You know, thank God everything's been peaceful. There's no gang wars going on because there's competition. But you have to understand that when Arizona legalized marijuana for recreational use, um, you know, that's why these guys are growing this stuff. Why bring it across the border illegally? when you can just grow it in your own country here and sell it, you know, right out the door retail. So that's what we're up against. This is not the, a joke.
0: The fact that your community isn't experiencing huge body counts as a result of the differential entities controlling the marijuana trade. I, I know the Jersey mob is involved there and a couple others, but that tells me the turf has been successfully divided and the politicians and appropriate law enforcement have been bought off. Am I very far off, in your opinion, or am I jumping to conclusions?
1: Uh, No, that's absolutely accurate. And, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say the Chino Valley Police Department is bought off. You have to understand how this came about. The former mayor, the former two mayors, um, were involved in the planning phase and authorizing um, all of the growing facilities to be built. You know, they knew in advance, and when the townspeople found out about it, I was at several of those council meetings, and boy, I'll tell you what, people were bent. They were pissed off about what happened, and they wanted blood. And the one mayor was getting ready to uh, you know, end his term. He was termed out, but the other individual, the last mayor, um, was definitely involved in it. And all of this was authorized behind the scenes. Had the townspeople known in advance? that these guys wanted to do that, this would have never happened. So it was done behind everybody's back. There was a lot of corruption involved. Somebody was paid off, no two ways about it. And now all of a sudden, sleepy little town, Chino Valley, Arizona, is the marijuana-growing capital of the United States? How in the hell did that happen? And that's because of corruption. So the police department, you know, they follow their orders of the town council. There's nothing they can do. The mayor pulls the strings and runs the show. But everything has been peaceful so far. But that can change in a moment's
0: notice. No and We have a bloodbath on our street. Yeah, and innocent bystanders get affected. We're going to step aside just for a second. We'll return to Jim or in just a second from the Yavapai County Preparedness Team. But I wanted to talk to you about another sponsor we have here. And Jim mentioned very early on about economic collapse and I believe we can step out of the way of that folks and that's why I advertise for Noble Gold but I became a customer multiple times over for Noble Gold and I have to tell you folks Noble Gold is the way to go if you have assets to protect particularly IRAs, 401Ks You know, we're going to have bumps in the road, but they have done things to basically bulletproof me going forward. And uh, too lengthy to go in here, but a lot of it has to do with precious metals. And ladies and gentlemen, Noble Gold is someone I would call if I were you, and I'd call them today. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347 you got to get out of the dollar, and if you leave your money in the bank, you're going to get killed. So please make that call. They will not pressure you. Say, you talk to me, and they'll just sit here and say, okay, these are your options. This is how we see your portfolio. And then you can make joint decisions together. Um, Jim, um, but I tell you, the the situation in Chino Valley, here's what comes to my mind. You have to have police who are directed the other way, not necessarily police who are on the take, but they have to be diverted. If the Sinaloa's are there. And I want to just say this uh, so the listening audience can go indulge me and become more educated. On, on Amazon, there is a special called Murder Mountain. And it's a five-part series of Humboldt County in California where the cartels totally took over the drug trafficking. And the courts are totally corrupted. The sheriff's department there is totally corrupted. And it's all exposed. In fact, when the sheriffs came in to negotiate some deals about land use and so forth, they were escorted by cartel members on motorcycles, and that's on tape in this special. So it's called uh, Murder Mountain, and uh, I recommend everyone watch that. So, Jim, I want to bring this back home now. Um, How does this Sinaloa involvement in your community how does it escape the attention of the state? I don't. You think the state would be all over this, or the FBI?
1: <clears throat> the FBI, yeah, the most. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I, I hear you. But, yeah.
0: You just answered one question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
1: Yep. Well, let me let me tell you exactly how. I just I watched a documentary uh, last night. In fact, it was about an hour long, um, and it was a foreign journalist who went to Mexico and went in to interview one of the cartels. It was the Sinaloa. And they went in deep into Mexico, into their territory. And the the cartel members that were guarding one of the ranches that they live on and protect, they're way out in the middle of nowhere so that the federalities and the military don't bother them. And, in fact, when the feds show up or the military, uh, they either pay them off in cash right there on the spot or give them women or whatever it is they want, and then they go off and they leave them alone. So the one thing that stunned me the most was the, the cartel member, the leader of the group. He said the vast majority of the profits, you know, certainly 55, maybe 60 percent of all of the profits that the drug cartels make goes to pay off the Mexican government and everybody else, all the law enforcement, whatever they need. That's just the cost of doing business. Now that seems like a big chunk to give up of your profit margin, but when you think about the hundreds of billions of dollars they rake in every year, it's nothing, it's not, it's not even worth talking about. So they literally just pay them off. And, there's, and what you heard in California, that's absolutely true. We heard it from the uh, attorney general out of the state of Colorado, who tried to tell our county attorney here, do not let these people get into your community. Do not authorize the medical or the or even, for sure, the recreational marijuana, because they're going to destroy your community as they're destroying Colorado. So everybody is paid off. It's a lot of money, and there's no way to stop it. They, they figured out a way to pull this off, and thank God they're not killing each other in the streets or innocent civ- civilians right now. But it's a business. They're operating the same way the Cosa Nostra did, with the italian mob during the 40s you know they they put it into legitimate businesses they're building hospitals they're building schools they're doing all of this stuff for the communities and nobody's going to argue with that so that's just the way it is they're everybody's corrupt now
0: jim you did not hear the interview by chance that i did with a senior federal law enforcement agent from one of the alphabet soups did you uh no i don't think so. it's on the tv subscription service okay you're saying word for word what he said uh he went a step further than you he 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 said there's no stopping it he went through everything you just said almost word for word and then he said short of this short of sending the military 100 miles into mexico and eradicating all the elements including the chinese he said this problem can't be stopped
1: yeah exactly and going into Mexico and fighting in those mountains in that terrain and then wiping out the Chinese, all you're going to do is invite in a boatload of Chinese. And now you're going to kick off a global war and then they'll just go ahead and move on north from there. So if it's really not feasible. I'd, I personally do not believe from a strategic standpoint that we have the capability of defeating China in an all-out, knockdown down drag-out fight. There's too many of them and they're too well-equipped and too well-trained. And our military right now, I'm just gonna put this flat out, it's beat a crap right now. 20 years of fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan has trashed our military. We do not have that capability. Our equipment is trashed, our tanks are destroyed, our men are just, they're beat, they're tired. They've been fighting for too many, you know, some of these guys, six, seven, eight tours of duty that's ridiculous they're just wore out and to go up against china who's fresh right now and china is just using the india issue on the border region as just a place to go ahead and get their boys tuned up they're letting them get out there and get a little fighting in before the main event starts so that's just a training exercise for them they're not concerned about india but i'll tell you what the last thing in the world i want to do is fight china toe-to-toe that's going to be ugly
0: you don't think the Space Force and uh, the submarine fleet and our ICBMs and our land base can't turn the tide?
1: Uh, you're going to start a global thermonuclear war? Because that's what's going to happen. The Chinese have the capability of retaliating, and then we just trash everything? No. That's not a good option. <laughs> the Chinese want this place intact. They don't want a global nuclear war. But if it if it came right down to it, yeah, they'd trash the place and then just come in and rebuild it because... They're the only ones with that capability. If you look at what the Chinese can do, the way they build roads and bridges and dams and the the engineering capabilities they have, we can't do that in this country anymore. We literally don't have the ability. They can do it at a rate of speed that would blow your mind because they got a lot of people, and we don't. And their people are motivated. They're willing to work. Look at how fast they built ghost cities, you know, entire cities that are just sitting there waiting. You know, these people are phenomenal, and they have the capability of moving quickly, whereas we don't. And they can wipe it out and rebuild it faster than we could even think about it.
0: You know, I had someone, a former Intel person, tell me that Biden's infrastructure program, in their estimation, is designed just to make it easier for the Chinese to occupy.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's a scary bought thing. off
1: and paid off. We know that. That that's a done deal, that that was easy to figure out, Trump knew that way back when, but we're just seeing the end result of it And you know, all, all we can do all I do is train our people to be ready to get out of the way regardless of what happens we, you know, I have to think logically and not just tactically but also strategically but we could be looking at the downfall of the United States and a full enemy occupation okay Well, you still have to live, you still have to eat, you still have to have medical. There's a lot of things that have to be done. If there's no way we can stop that from happening, what's going to happen? Okay, It's not the first time a country has been overrun by somebody else. The people are still there. So how do we get around that?
0: That's what we're looking at. The occupation will be brutal, but I understand why you're teaching adaptation, so let's go to the teaching part. You've got a a county organization to begin with. You've expanded into the state. What do you hope to accomplish by setting up a a national um, facsimile of what you're doing?
1: Basically strengthening the resilience of the American people in a way that many of them really don't understand. I've been teaching preparedness for well over 40 years, and I've been doing this in this county at this level for over eight straight years. We are the largest active Oath Keepers group in the United States. We are the longest running with the same leadership. We're in our eighth year of operation, and we have literally hundreds of students and members that work with us. Um, Our email roster last count was just approaching 800. And the only way you get on my email roster is you have to attend a meeting and a training. So we don't just let people call us up and say, hey, put me on the list. No, 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 no. You show up and you come and join and you get involved with what we're doing. Now, when I say join, there is no membership. There's no sign on the dotted line. You just come and participate. And then if you like what you see, you sign up on the email roster, and that way we can notify you for special events and trainings and things we're doing. So our main goal is to teach our community to be force multipliers so that they can go back to their neighborhoods, train their families and friends, and then the main organization can take each of our different teams that we have set up and do a series of classes to train other team leaders in other parts of the country. So it's a full force multiplication uh, type of an event that we're here to help assist the government when things get dicey even in a natural disaster when the government becomes overwhelmed that our people can step up and at least help alleviate the stress on the government of having that many less people to take care of because our people are ready to go and then also they can step in and help assist with uh, disaster recovery and you know disaster assistance and go the full gamut using Hurricane Katrina as our example, which is why this organization created what it did. Um, Stuart Rhodes created the CPT program, but he never did anything with it. You know, it was Yavapai County. We're the ones that put it together and have, you know, the whole program laid out. We know what we're doing because that's what we focused on 100%. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's an amazing organization. One of, people are probably going to be wondering, though, what do you teach in these classes? Can you give us an idea briefly?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's take uh, let's take the commo class for one. That's one of our favorite ones. That was the first one we formed. And we started getting people uh, trained up in the use of ham radios, handhelds, what we call HTs. They're handy talkies. And we picked the Baofeng UV5R not because it was the best radio, but because it was the cheapest and easiest one to train people on. And then if you wanted to go and buy a more elaborate radio, you could. But we set up So that we put out right now to date, we've got about 11 or 1,200 radios out in the system of people that have them all pre-programmed, ready to go. So we virtually have our own communication system if communication goes down. And we do a weekly training net in addition to the trainings we do at every meeting. And we hold three meetings a month plus every Sunday night we run a training net so people can learn to practice with their communications so that when they cut the fiber optic cable again, or they take out a cell tower, or they take out the repeaters, we can still operate with our ham radios. Um, On preparedness, we teach a full line of, you know, everything from food storage to gardening, to food um, preservation, animal husbandry, all types of survival techniques. Um, The security team, of course, their main goal is to protect the, uh, the the building and the people that are there during our trainings and events. Um, we have done a number of outside events, which you've probably seen in the news, mm-hmm. um, but security is all about that. You know, it's a lot of firearms training, a lot of tactics. Um, that's usually our, our former military and law enforcement guys. Um, then we have our uh, uh, alternative medicine, which is the one we're really proud of. Uh, we have the ability to teach people how to do tinctures, herbs, remedies, uh, decoctions, concoctions, uh, do all types of internal medicine capabilities because in the event they destroy the pharmacies, which is what you saw in L.A. during the riots and you saw in South Africa, if there's no pharmacies, then how are you going to keep people, you know, safe and healthy? So we have a team that deals with that. Um, just And there's just so much that we do. The engineering guys are great. Um, they rewired the well at the shop or at the uh, at the church so that we could hook up a generator to it. And now we have the ability to pump water. Um, we we just we do so many things, and it's all on our website. If you go to ycpt.org, you can see a ton of stuff. All our classes are uh, anything we produce. We get on the, the website, and it's just building every single day
0: we got about a minute left, so I just want to put this question out generally. Someone's listening to us in Ohio right now, or Florida, and they say, I've got to get going on this, and I know people who'd be interested. Can you assist them in getting started?
1: Yes, absolutely. Guys out there listening, just go to the website. Go to ycpt.org. Our direct contact information is there. My phone number is published. Um, you can email us direct. If you want to get involved in the USCPT, you can go to that website, uscpt.org, and you can contact us that way. And just call me, email me, uh, come to a meeting if you're local. If you have family and friends out of state, have them contact us direct, and we'll take it from there, and we'll, we'll teach you exactly how to do what we're doing. There is no reason... That every county in the United States can't have a Yavapai County preparedness team. No excuse whatsoever.
0: Yeah. This we reminds me of the it, Minutemen. We'll
1: show you how to do it.
0: This is this is Say Lexington again? and Concord. This is like Lexington and Concord and the Minutemen. That's, this is what it reminds me of. Just ready to go. Um, uh, when's your next meeting?
1: Uh, our next meeting will be August the, um, yeah, August the fourteenth.
0: Okay.
1: Hold on, Janet's checking the calendar to make sure. That's the one, yeah, August the 14th, that's the one that our county sheriff will be at. So, you know, in spite of what happened in Washington, we're still in the good graces of the Abapai County Sheriff and our Chiefs of Police. They know that wasn't us. We didn't have anything to do with that. Exactly. Yeah, everybody's welcome.
0: We are flat out of time, but if I can clear my calendar that day, I am coming up. I want to meet your sheriff. Hey, thanks for joining us, Jim. Fantastic stuff. I'll be in touch with you. We need to get you on the TV show. Take care.
1: All right. Thank you, Dave.
0: Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? bit of a nightmare for most people, and the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it.